You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell discusses his thoughts on the recent election. He also takes time to reflect on gratitude. Let's join the conversation. So this evening, I want to share my perspective on the recent election. And uh, I thought that tonight would be a good opportunity for us to take an inspired perspective on a lot of what's happened from a political perspective over the last week or so. And so tonight I want to do that. And previous to the election, we talked about critical thinking. We talked about critical thinking at length and we went into depth. And I believe that was a, well, it was a really good show. And um, we had some great calls from that show. And tonight... I want to share my thoughts on the election, and I think the best way to do that is to share a video that I recorded on Facebook Live and Periscope the day after the election. And there are a number of you who who may have already looked at the video, but I think the majority of you have not heard this perspective. And and I think it's going to be really important for terms of this conversation that that I share it, and also... Uh, One of the things I've learned is, you know, when I do one thing well, I don't try to do it over again, right? So, you know, the day after, I feel like how I communicated, what I communicated, was exactly what I would want those of you who didn't hear it to hear tonight on the air. But before I go any further, I want to use the rest of tonight's show to chat a little bit about post-election And then answer any questions you have. And what I will do is after you hear the audio of the video I recorded the day after the election, then let's have a conversation about it. And so that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to get Gerald to go ahead and cue this up. And we're going to take a listen to what I shared the day after the election. The Facebook Live uh, launch. Um, but what I'm talking about today is Wednesday's wisdom is controlling the controllables. And as I was telling the Periscope audience before Facebook went down, is that, you know, I opened up my timeline this morning and I saw a lot of fear. I saw a lot of fear. And one of the things that fear does is it freezes us. It completely freezes us. Right. So here it is, you know. We went through the democratic process here in the United States and Donald Trump was elected and a lot of people are afraid. And one of the things that it freezes us, but not only does it does it freeze us, but it creates a cycle of energy that is unproductive. And, And this is what I mean by that. You know, most of us aren't politicians. Most of us aren't about to deal with the, you know, the immediate impact of, of Mr. Trump becoming the president-elect, right? 
And even though we're, we're not about to deal with the immediate impact, you know, we have all this fear and this, this, uh, in a, in a lot of ways, these thoughts, these unproductive thoughts about what that means for us. And today what I want to, I want to really focus on is having us take a look at how we control our controllables and even give you guys uh, some simple tools on how to do that. Okay. So first and foremost, I want you to think about your circle of influence. What is your circle of influence? Um, because for many of us, our circle of influence doesn't really include politics, right? Your circle of influence includes the things that you know you can do. It, it, it includes, you know, what you do on a daily basis. You know, the, the type of effort and work that you, you bring to your job or whatever it is that you do. Um, it includes, you know, staying focused on your plan. It includes uh, staying focused on your dreams and your goals. And, and watch how quickly people lose track of their dreams and goals when they're surrounded by fear. And so the first thing I want you to do is begin to first think about your circle of influence. And I, I actually got this from Stephen Covey. In, in Stephen Covey's book, The Seven uh, Habits of a Highly Effective Person, um, and he talks about what it takes to be successful. One of the things he says in the book is that often we, we focus on uh, the atmosphere, everything around us, but we don't focus on our circle of influence. So what is your circle of influence? Your circle of influence are the things that you can control. So today, a lot of us are like, oh my goodness, what happened? Uh, I'm, I'm going to move out the country. I mean, I saw all kinds of things on, on my Facebook feed. I'm looking through Twitter. I saw all kinds of things on my, my Twitter feed. And I, I don't want to step over that, right? We get to feel how we want to feel. But the first thing I want to I want you to ask yourself, once you once you process those feelings, once you've had the opportunity to work through those feelings is are these feelings productive? Are these feelings going to take me where I want to go in my life? Are these feelings connected to the purpose I have for my life? Are these feelings connected to the dreams, the aspirations and the possibilities I know exist for me? And if they're not, then I want you to begin thinking about, okay, then what can I control right now in this moment? What can I control? And make a list. What are the things that you can control? Many of us, we, we're not even controlling the things we can control, and we're concerned about what's not in our circle of influence. What's going on with your well-being? You can control that. That has nothing to do with who the president of the United States is. Are you in optimal health? Are you taking care of yourself? That's in your circle of influence. How about let's control that? Let's put some of that energy you have right now on that. What about your relationship with your significant other? You know, you can control that. You know, why don't you focus on what you can do to enhance that relationship, to take that relationship to the next level so you can experience the bliss, the joy, that you want to have in that personal relationship. What about what you are achieving in your work? Are you doing work that's connected to your purpose? Are you doing work that you really want to enjoy? And if not, you can control that. Let's focus on our circle of influence because 
There's a lot happening in the atmosphere. And I wanted to acknowledge that, right? Again, we all have feelings about that. And I'm going to tell you, whether Mr. Trump, President-elect Trump was elected or not, there would be some of us who are watching this that would feel the same way if uh, Hillary Clinton were elected. We would have anxiety. We would have fear about that. So I'm talking to all of us right now. So when you think about your circle of influence, you know, are you doing the work that you know you can do? Are you controlling that? What about with your family? You know, are you fostering those relationships to know the way that you know you can? Because, again, this is just another way for us to become distracted. The media distracts us. Entertainment distracts us. And fear distracts us from the things that we know we should be doing. So, again, the question today is, are you going to control your controllables or are you going to allow your fear, your anxiety, your your questioning of what's next to take over what it is that you know you already want to do? For most of us, our our goals have nothing to do it, with 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 who the president of the United States is. It, our goals aren't really impacted by that. So you can you can allow that to be, you know, your distraction or you can say, you know what? Let me use this energy to focus where I know I, know I need to focus. Um, I was I was I was texting someone earlier this morning, and, and there's no there's no secret that you know uh, the majority of African Americans you know didn't vote for Trump. That's not a secret. Um, and they're like, oh my, what do we do? You know, and there's so much fear. Control the controllables. You know, African-Americans have one trillion dollars, one point two trillion dollars. And it's trending up in 2017. One point two trillion dollars in spend. Control where you spend your money. You want to make an impact. You want you want to see some change. Control that. And so that's that's my message to you today. Control the controllables. You know, you and again, you get to feel how you feel. I don't want to take that from anybody, but I also think that this is a great opportunity for us to get focused because one of the things that fear does is it takes it takes us out of focus. And this is an opportunity to get focused and say, okay, wow, I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming, but. What is it that I really want? And what is it that I really want to go after? I'm going to close with this. Last week, I, I did I, I did a video acknowledging uh, the Chicago Cubs. And one of the things I said in that video is I love a winner. I love a winner. Um, and then you might say, well, Linnell, <laughs> Donald Trump won. What can you love about that? Let me tell you guys something. We can learn a lot from Mr. Trump, okay? And you can get fired up at me if you want to, but I told you guys, I love a winner. And so the question is, what can we learn? Here's here's a man who, despite what the media said about him, kept going. So I, I wrote a blog some time ago, and I talked about the 10 laws of success. And the number one law was resilience. And so are you going to let this take you out? So now you, you, you feel a little discouraged. How resilient will you be? Are you going to lose all your focus? Are you going to let your goals just fall right off now? 
You know, resilience. We saw it in Mr. Trump. Now it's your turn. Be resilient. The, the other one, the second law of success is believing that you can. So here's somebody who should have quit, right? And he believed that he could regardless. And look, look who's successful now. And again, I told you guys, I love a winner. I love a winner because I like to learn. I like to take a look at what they did that I can put and make it. I can take and plant into my own life. Believe you can. Some of us are so distracted right now that we're, we're, we're distracted from our own ability to have faith in ourselves. Believe you can. Number three, the third law to success is having a plan. He had a plan. Hey, we didn't think it would work. But guess what? It's Wednesday morning, post-election. It worked. Hey, here's the thing. These, these laws, they, they are in place for a reason because when you follow the laws, then basically what happens is you produce success. And what we saw was someone, whether we like him or not, follow the laws and produce success. So now the question is, what will you do? So number three, have a plan. Number four, clearly define what success is for you. Again, I said control your controllables. So right now, what you could do is you could say, you know what, I'm fired up. I'm not happy about what happened. I'm going to use that energy to create a plan, but not only create a plan, but clearly define what success looks like for me. Because despite the resistance I think may come from this administration, I can be successful because we just we just got we just got we just got show that that's possible. OK, um, number five, number five, self discipline self-discipline again I, I i said it before at the beginning of the video okay we can control our controllables and some of us are all upset about the election yet we're not even taking care of ourselves you're not doing you're not taking care of your health the way you know you need to take care of your health because you're not exercising the right amount of self-discipline so okay you fired up get fired up and start investing in you, taking care of you, and taking care of yourself, really taking your discipline to the next level. So no matter what happens in this political climate, you are successful. Again, that's number five for the 10 laws of success. Number six, passion. So someone had a post on, on Facebook this morning, and they're like, oh, I can't believe this. Now we see the true complexion of the United States. Of America, and I, and I get that, no disrespect. But guess what? You feel a kind of certain kind of way about that? Good, good, because one of the things that success requires is passion. So now we got a lot of passion. How are you going to use that passion? How are you going to take that passion to the next level to define your own success? Number seven. Number seven is you understand power. You understand power, and when you understand power, let me tell you something. This is not a shock and surprise to me. Why? Because most of us are asleep. And when you sleep, guess what? This type of thing happens and slaps you awake. Most of us are asleep. And, and here's the other thing. We say, well, you know, I'm going to vote for the less, lesser of two evils. At the end of the day, it's both evil. 
And so, hey, nothing changes for me. You know why? Because I understand power. I understand that the establishment, no matter who was elected, didn't care about me. So nothing changes. I'm focused on my goals. I'm focused on the goals of my family. I'm focused on taking it to the next level. Where are you? That's where you need to be. Do you understand power? And are you are you in a place where you're saying, okay, I get it. How can I establish myself to take myself to the next level? Number eight, the yearning for more. And here, here's the thing. You know, part of the reason some of us aren't really taking it to the next level, we, we haven't necessarily gotten in self-discipline that's going to help us is because we, we're not really yearning for more. We're complacent. You know, good is good enough. You know, Monday, check out my video Monday. I said, dare to be great. And what happens is great is uncomfortable. Hey, this is uncomfortable. Man, these coach scopes are uncomfortable. I do it because I yearn for more. I yearn to take my purpose to the next level. So are you yearning for more? Is it pushing you? Is it, is it setting you up in a way that you're going to excel because you will not fail? I will not fail. Yearning for more. But hey, in order to yearn for more, you got to go back to my other one, which is which is number which is number uh, four and clearly define what success is for you. Some of us don't even know what success is. So it's hard to yearn for more when you don't even know what more is. I know what more looks like for me. Do you? All right. Again, number nine is I can relate to a mistake. Here's the thing. All right. And again, I told you. Doesn't matter to me who won. I'm going to keep living my life. But when I see the timeline, when I see my Facebook timeline, I'm like, man, really? You that, you that distracted by this? Can you relate to a mistake? Look, we make mistakes every day. So what? Keep moving. All right. You know, you don't like who got elected. So what? Keep moving. Oh, you do like who got elected. So what? Keep moving. It doesn't matter. All of us should have our own personal goals. All of us should should have our own personal path to success to the extent where it doesn't matter. And if it matters, get involved in politics. Number 10, number 10 on the laws of success, urgent patience, urgent patience. So guess what, y'all? You, you know, you, you like what happened here? It's still going to take some time for him to do what you want him to do, urgent patience. So that means you still got to do what you need to do. Um, guess what? You don't like what happened here? That means for four years, all kinds of things are going to happen in the political environment that you don't like. Guess what? Urgent patience. What is, what is urgent patience? Success is all about taking small steps forward. And when you're taking small steps forward, things don't happen overnight. You know, the problem with most of us is, you know, we don't we don't have patience. We don't have what what Mark Lamont Hill calls revolutionary patience. Revolutionary patience says, yeah, it's going to take me, you know, four years to get this degree, but I can see what it will do for me on the other side. And that's what matters. That's called urgent patience. You know, revolutionary patience is, you know what? I'm going to have to read books. I'm going to have to attend seminars, workshops before I get to where I want to go. But I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to sit and be a follower before I can be a leader. I'm willing to learn from people I don't like. Urgent patience. Urgent patience. That's number 10 on the list of the laws of success. So I'm, I'm telling you guys today, a lot of us are upset. A lot of us are afraid. Some of us are happy. And guess what? The same way people were happy when President Obama got elected and then they feel let down right now, some of you who are happy are going to feel let down in a couple of years. And so my message will still remain the same. This message will be timeless. And that is control your controllables. What is your circle of influence? What are the things I'm, I'm actually writing it out for you now, right now on this little piece of paper? What is your circle of influence and what are the things that you know you can control? You can control right now, right now, today, you can control your well-being right now. Today, you can control the relationships that matter to you right now. Today, you can control the effort that you put into what matters to you. You can control creating your plan. You can control how you show up at work. You can control that. So how are you going to take advantage of that? And instead of being distracted by the media, because guess what? They're going to have a whole lot to say about how he won, you know, what he did to win, whether it was right or not, whether the election was rigged. I saw someone in Paris go say, oh, you know, the bots chose Trump. No, they didn't. It was an election. Circle of influence. What's your circle of influence? Make a list and and then get really clear on that. And you guess what? Every time something happens that you don't like, you know, that upsets you, take that passion to your list and work on what matters to you because that's what I'm going to do. All right. Okay. All right. So that was the gist and majority of what I had to say the day after the election. And I wanted to share that because I think there's been a lot of perspective shared on the election here on the election of president elect Trump. And what I wanted to offer to the conversation is exactly what you heard. And, uh, you know, here's the other thing. Now, typically in the past, when we're staring at the eve of Thanksgiving, I mean, this is the really the weekend before Thanksgiving. I typically I'm talking about gratitude. And I'll tell you, if there are no questions, I would love, love to go ahead and switch the conversation over to gratitude, the power of gratitude, and having a conversation about now going from a, a place of, you know, there's been a whole lot of talk about Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton post-election, et cetera, to actually starting to get more thoughtful about, hey, what am I grateful for? You know, what is it that, you know, I should be concentrating on that's happening in my own life that I'm absolutely 100% grateful for, that I'm thankful for? And so, you know, those are my thoughts. And, and for, for those of you who follow the show on a regular basis, you know, this is very seldom do I really get involved in what's happening in the news? Very seldom do I allow what's happening in the political atmosphere or in the media to cloud in on what I want to share with you all. But I really felt like that was an important message. 
I felt like it was an important message. I think it's a message we all need to hear. And at the end of the day, the only control we have is on our circle of control and on our circle of influence. And so I don't see any, I don't see any questions. I do see some gratitude coming in. Mike Margowski on Facebook Live. I am grateful for the freedom of expression. Um, and then on Periscope, different expressions of gratitude coming in as well. All right, so excellent. That's good. So I think that's where we're going to take the rest of the conversation for the rest of the show. And to do that, I'll get it started by sharing a story of something that I observed a few years ago. Oh, thanks for that. Somebody on Periscope said they're grateful for the opportunity to talk to me. I appreciate that. Definitely appreciate that. Appreciate the love. All right, so let's getting into gratitude, let me give you all a different perspective. Um, a few years ago, I was sitting in traffic, and I was on the way home from the office. So this is back when I was in corporate America. And I noticed that there was a gentleman who was cautiously navigating, you know, the ice and snow patches on the sidewalk. And, you know, the sidewalk was in bad shape. You know, it had been partially shoveled and salted. And and so from behind, all I could see is that he, he seemed to have something in his left hand. And from my vantage point, it looked like he was walking very carefully and that what he had in his left hand was a leash. And I've, I've shared this story with some of you guys before. And so I'm sitting in my car and I'm in the, the further right hand laying and I'm thinking to myself, hmm, I wonder why he chose to walk his dog on such a busy street. And as traffic begins to ease up, I was able to get closer to the man. And I now had a a better vantage point. And, and believe it or not, this guy had a good percentage of my attention, right? I mean, traffic is moving slow. And I'm, I'm just curious, like, one, why is he walking so slow? Two, why is he walking his dog? on this really, really crowded street that's barely shoveled. And I couldn't help but ask myself, like, what's this guy's deal? Like, what's going on with him? And all of his movements, by the way, were very cautious and intentional. And so it was was almost as if when he stepped, he was testing the ground underneath his feet before he would take the next step, you know? And so I'm, I'm thinking, well, maybe this is because there's lots of ice, etc. And so a moment or two later, my car is almost parallel to this guy, right? And I begin to see that it wasn't a dog he was walking. It wasn't a small dog. But what was happening is he actually had a white cane in his hand. And the reason he had been moving so cautiously was because he was visually impaired. So right away, my heart sank and my heart sank. And I thought, wow, like he, this man, this gentleman is out here in the snow alone, navigating ice and snow, walking with a cane to basically guide his way. And then after my heart sank, I immediately began to admire his courage. And the first thing I, I started thinking is like, wow, how courageous this guy must be. 
And then I asked myself a question. You know, would I leave the house on a cold, icy evening to accomplish whatever task I needed to accomplish or address if I couldn't see, if I had a, a visual impairment? And I'll tell you, many of us have been so blessed with all of our faculties. And we still find an excuse not to do things we know we ought to be doing. And so I couldn't help look, but look at this man who's visually impaired and think, wow. And here's the other thing about us who have all our physical faculties. We often let the most minor of inconveniences serve as just another reason to sulk and give up on our responsibilities, to give up on our goals, to give up on our dreams. And all too often, we let the normal mishaps of life completely derail us. So we get discouraged by flat tires. Now, we complain about sore muscles or other temporary physical ailments. Now, we get impatient with needy family members and friends. And we also tend to give up when circumstances don't go our way or when we're presented a challenge where we end up having more work and we have to persevere to accomplish our goals. So maybe the problem is, for some of us, is that we've had it too easy. Like we've had it too easy, and so many of us are trying to escape the pressures, the pressures of life, but the irony is that we have no idea, some of us, what pressure really feels like. If anyone deserves a little drinky drink, right? If anyone deserves to take the edge off, after a hard day, I would say it's the gentleman I saw who was visually impaired walking on a busy street through ice and snow with his white cane, his guiding cane, either going to get something done or coming from having done it. And I'm going to tell you guys, so many of us, we tell ourselves the sob story of our simple troubles to justify the stress we place on our backs and we've all heard somebody proclaim, you know, I don't know if I can take anymore, you know, while pitifully shaking their heads. I I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I'll tell you guys, I'm guilty of the same statement. However, somewhere, someone else is taking more. Okay. And by the way, they're taking it with courage They're taking it with grace. And so this week, Thanksgiving is coming up. And not just this week, because it's Thanksgiving, but I would even say for the weeks to come that you remember this perspective. No, let's start living our lives with more courage. Let's start choosing to look at our circumstances through a lens of gratitude. Because I'll tell you, my friends, Right now, when you think things are bad, they can always be worse. And right now, some of you may think things are worse. And let me tell you, it can get worse than that. So let's be grateful for, you know, these inconveniences of life, the inconveniences of health, the inconveniences of having the full faculty of our bodies. Now, let's be grateful for those things. 
because not everybody has that. And many times, you know, these these inconveniences are just a mere shadow of our blessings, of the many blessings that we have. You know, for instance, that flat tire that you have or that you've had that really upsets you is the shadow of the blessing of a car. You know, that tire belongs to a car. You know, so be grateful for the car. You know, those sore muscles or the temporary ailments, you know, that belongs to a healthy body. So be grateful for your health. You know, I'll tell you guys something. I, you know, some years ago, I remember I popped the ligaments in my pinky finger. Popped the ligament. I mean, it was, it was basically hanging. And it's a pinky finger. I mean, it's, it's one finger out of ten digits. And I had never, ever expressed thanks or really thought about how important my pinky finger was, right? For the most part, the pinky finger is somewhat insignificant. But when I lost the ability to use it, I'm going to tell you something. All of a sudden, I was thankful for when I had a healthy pinky finger. And now that the pinky is back, you know, I, I had to, you know, go to a hand specialist and, and keep it hyperextended and in a splint for about six months. But after I went through that ordeal, I, let me tell you, I appreciate it. And sometimes we have to lose something in order you know, lose it temporarily for us to really, really appreciate it. So what in your life right now are you taking for granted as we move into this Thanksgiving? You know, what, what are you taking for granted? And I'm going to tell you, be grateful for what you have. Be grateful. And this is wonderful. I see more people on Facebook and Periscope expressing what they're grateful for. But be grateful for the love of family and friends. Not everybody has that. And I do think that in a climate where there has been a lot of complaining, a lot of fear about recent circumstance, recent situations, recent happenings, that this Thanksgiving is a great opportunity for us to begin to turn that around. So let's change our perspective. You know, let's change our lives And let's start working on being a bit more courageous and a bit more grateful as we go into this Thanksgiving holiday. You know, there's there's a lot of things that we can look at and we can question. But I would say with Thanksgiving right around the corner, there's so many other things that we can look at that we can appreciate. And. No, really begin to take stock of the things that we take for granted and really provide it some gratitude. And I'll tell you guys, 2017 is right here. I mean, it is literally around the corner. And the closer that it gets, the closer we are to the holiday season. Thanksgiving being the first one. But after that, we're going to move right into Christmas. And, you know, that Christmas spirit that takes place for a lot of us. And I'll tell you guys that when I ask family and friends what they're thankful for, often I hear, I hear the normal ex- the responses, right? There's the three top responses. Oh, I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for wonderful family and friends. And, and, and I agree. 
that family, friends, and good health and a great job are, are definitely things that are worth our gratitude. But this year, I'd like to ask us to think about things that may not be so obvious. You know, think about things that, you know, you, you, you may typically take for granted and, and get thankful for that. You know, and I'll give you guys a couple of places to look, you know, because I think there's, there's things that we often overlook that we can definitely be thankful for. And I've shared this before. You guys know I've done a lot of travel. I've, I've been to over 40 countries, 260 cities around the world. And one of the things that I find myself being thankful for on a regular basis is clean water. You know, whether you realize it or not, most of us, we don't have survival issues. You know, it's interesting. This morning I was, you know, I was uh, in the workshop teaching the Purpose, Power, Possibility workshop. And I was asking people, like, what, what are your major fears? And what came up around the room was surviving. You know, I have a fear of surviving. And, and uh, I'm looking at this quote, Artina, we celebrate, we, we celebrate life. Okay, so they don't have Thanksgiving, but they celebrate, they celebrate life. That's awesome. And so I was, I was going around the table, and uh, I was asking them, like, you know, so you, you're afraid that you won't survive? And it's a narrative that many of us buy into. But if you live in the United States of America, the likelihood that you will not survive, that you will not get a meal, that you will not have clothes on your back are so low. You have no clue how low they are. Yet that's what we're focused on. Right. And so what I want you to do this Thanksgiving is begin to think about the things you take for granted. Like when you walk into the bathroom in the middle of the night, and you, you turn your faucet on and you put water on your face. You don't even think about that. But there are parts in the world right now where that is not even a possibility. Like they, they don't have that type of access. And so that one thing that we take for granted is something that they would, they would really love. It's something they would be so grateful for. As simple as clean water or as simple as hot water. Now we live in a society where, you know, we're so comfortable. And what I was sharing in a workshop this afternoon is that it's not really surviving that we're concerned with. What we're concerned with is comfort. Like, will I stay comfortable? Will I be comfortable? And here's the thing about comfort is when you're comfortable, you're not growing. So at the very least, this Thanksgiving, maybe part of what we can do is to to get really grateful about the things we take for granted. Clean water, hot water. What about technology? We get grateful for technology. Get grateful for Google. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, there's so much that we do with this technology that enhances our ability to live, enhances our ability to make a living, enhances what we do from a business perspective that, you know, we don't even pay attention to. Get grateful for that. You know, get grateful for so many of the things that, We will look over. I mean, right now, a lot of you are using technology to even hear this message, to get inspired, to shift your perspective, you know, to follow this show. You know, get thankful for that. Hey, one of the things that technology has done is that what I've said this before, but it is the great equalizer. It has leveled the playing ground in regards to how we do business and what is possible in business. But here's the other thing that I've shared 
It's also creating what I would say one of the biggest gaps, one of the biggest gaps that we will ever see. And that gap is there are people who don't have access to this technology. So our ability to move fast, to look up things, to to Google, to basically answer almost any question that we have, we take it for granted while someone else does not have access to a smartphone, does not have access to an Internet connection, does not have access to podcasts, to radio shows like this that can change their perspective. And so when they get just a little bit, they are extremely grateful. When they get a little bit, I can remember traveling around the world and talking to different people who are learning from the same cassette tape or the same CD. Just listen to the same CD and use that to inspire them. The same music and using that to motivate them. And here it is. We have so much access, so much access. And we just we take it for granted. We take it for granted. Oh, I won't listen to that right now. I don't feel like it. You know, we take it for granted. And often we take for granted the things that are that are most meaningful to us, like our loved ones, like our spouses, like our like our families. So. I'll tell you guys this as we move into the holiday, the exercise is really about getting more lined, more thoughtful about the things that we're taking for granted. No, what what am I taking for granted and how can I begin to have an attitude of gratitude? It, it reminds me of a story I've told before about getting a haircut with my barber. And uh, my barber, one day he was he's cutting my hair and he, he basically said, he was like, hey, man, you know, this hairline of yours. Well, actually, I was the one complaining. I was like, man, you know, I feel like. You know, my hairline is not the same. My hair is thinning, et cetera. And, and what my barber said to me, he was like, look, brother, you still getting liners and you still getting haircuts. I got a lot of customers who don't come here anymore that are your age because they just not growing it. And again, it's a shift in perspective because sometimes we look at the things that we feel like we're losing and we don't realize that we actually got it. So. You know, what is that for you? You know, somebody right now is driving their car and they're like, oh, I hate this car. And there's someone else on the bus stop saying, man, if I could only have a car, I don't even care what kind of car it would be. I was talking to a gentleman about a week ago and he was sharing with me his story. He was telling me how he had some tragedy happen in his life and he was knocked down and how he was, you know, driving a car that didn't have heat in the middle of Wisconsin, and it's 30 below. And he was like, man, I, would, I was driving that car. My, my feet were cold as I'm driving, and I had a 15-minute drive to work. He said, and when I got to work, I remember walking into the, the foyer of my job and just closing my eyes and thanking God that I had a car because my feet were cold. I couldn't even feel them. He was like, and I just was wondering, how cold would I be if I had to walk? And so, again, you know, this is a conversation. This is a week. This is an opportunity as we go into Thanksgiving for us to begin to shift our perspective. No, pull up to a red light and we go, oh, really? Another red light. 
without even thinking that, wow, it's the red lights, it's the traffic signals that allow us to have the free flow of traffic, the orderly, the order of traffic. I've been to countries where, hey, there, there are no traffic lights and it's hard to get around. You can't estimate how long it's going to take you to get where you want to go. You know, but we have all these things and we we were constantly complaining. You know, somebody coming out of a meeting during the week, huh, another unproductive meeting. And they're not even of the mindset that they they have the opportunity to be heard. They have a job where they can meet with other people. You know, so again, a change in perspective. You know, someone somewhere, you know, somebody cooked for you and you're like, "Ugh, did you cook this? Ugh." And there's someone so, somewhere else, well all they want is for someone to cook them a meal, regardless of how it tastes. You know, they just want they want someone to serve them, to provide them that love, the love of an act of service. And I'm going to tell you guys, as harmless as some of these statements I've said seem, you know, it's statements like this that accentuate the negative and can slowly take our thoughts and emotions to an unconstructive place. And the trick, the trick to avoiding this is learning how to experience continual gratitude and to simply focus on all the haves that you have in your life versus the have-nots. So let me give you an example of what that would look like, you know, because there's probably somebody out there who was like, all right, Linnell, nice chat on gratitude. Thank you. I didn't get a lot of phone calls today. (laughs) So that means that whatever I'm saying must be making sense to you guys. So let, let me talk about what it looks like to express gratitude. You know, it would be something like, I'm happy and grateful I have a car that gets me where I need to be. That's gratitude. It would be, I'm thankful for traffic signals. Otherwise, my commute could be much worse. You know, it would be something like, I appreciate being a member of a team. In the future, I will provide valuable suggestions and an agenda to help facilitate our next meeting. You know, it would be, I am happy and grateful I have food to eat and someone is willing to cook this food for me. And if you don't like the way it tastes, suggest the recipe. (laughs) But, you know, you might say, well, this is a little bit over the top, but I'm telling you guys, this is necessary in the conversation around gratitude. And I'll tell you guys, changing your mind state to embody gratitude can literally change your life. So I'll end with this. Our 21st century sage, Oprah Winfrey, I think she clearly summed this up when she said, be thankful for what you have and you'll end up having more. And if you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. 
text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.